Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. And I said, you know, what are you, what are you doing? You're just shutting off uh, the Wi-Fi and people can't make money. They can't work. I mean, I have dedicated Comcast business lines. It's useless to me. You shut it down. I said, yeah, well, we only have this two-hour window when we can do this. And I said, okay, but why don't you tell the people on the street? Why don't you use a flyer or something? Why don't you say... This is what's going to happen. They go, look, don't talk to us. Talk to Comcast. And I sat there and I thought, well, what do I do? Do I call Mr. or Mrs. Comcast? The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Apparently, I called Dr. Comcast. (laughs) Greg Wells of Wyoming, Pennsylvania, who was offered to help. He works for the company. That's why you go to school for all those years. Yeah, he's offered to help the next time this happens. It's called the triple play. Hope it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Throughout the show today, you're going to hear the dog bark. The dog is upset. People are here. And she can't go outside and play with Frisbees now because we've gone to work. So she is barking that bark of, hey, 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 I want you to play with me. It's a different bark than an angry bark. It's different than the protective bark. It's the I want you to play with me bark. So when you hear it, you hear it. What can I tell you? (coughs) Excuse me for coughing. There's stuff I can begin with. I can talk about being out in Delaware uh, for a few days, which I was. By the way, the schedule this week, we will do today and tomorrow. I don't know that we'll do anything else. But this is not like in the past where we take the entire summer off. We're not doing that. I don't worry about that. We're going to be on every week, either from here or Delaware or somewhere. But we're going to be on every week, I think, at, for some point, because I like doing the show. But we'll definitely do Monday and Tuesday. Um, I could talk about being out there, but you, you, what do you care? You could talk about the daylilies. The deer ate the daylilies. Oh, no. There's a deer, a solitary deer, which is unusual because deers are pack animals. There's a solitary deer that has been hanging around the alley behind our house for five or six days. Now, this could be a circumstance. It is a female deer. It is not a male deer. This could be a circumstance where the female deer has given birth uh, and has tucked the foal, it's not a foal, the fawn, away somewhere around here, around the alley. And is moving around, moving the fawn around every day for five or six days till the fawn is large enough to walk away with the deer. That's possible. But Jeannie told us some months back that that happens in the spring, not in the summer. So I just think it's a solitary deer. Got into our yard, it's not hard, jumps the fence, it's not a big deal. Deer can jump an eight or ten foot fence, so a four foot fence is meaningless to them. And the pride of my life, the day lilies on the side of the house, she ate them all. She just munched on them and ate them all, and some flowers as well. She ate the day, I came back, the day lilies were gone. And I wondered, you know, what good is my dog, honestly? <laughs> but the deer have not sampled the Wilbon hydrangeas yet. Have not taken the plant that Wilbon gave us for some event 20 years ago that has flourished on the side of the house. No, maybe they don't like those. Maybe they just like daylilies, or maybe this one just likes daylilies. But it was crushing to me, right? Yeah. I left a note for your I, wife. I have a saved voicemail that I would like to pass off to Nigel and to Sean, and that'll be the gift that keeps on giving. It's just, yeah. There's one thing we have to clip out in the middle. That's did for I the internet show. Oh, did I curse? No, there's just tone. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So... Yeah, so I lost those. That's too bad. But let me get to something I did yesterday or that all of us could have done and some of you may have done. And that was wander into the golf 
at about 5.30 or 6 o'clock. The golf was in Hartford. Um, it's at the TPC Cromwell course. This is the course right near ESPN, and so everybody up there pays attention to this particular tournament. It at one point, I think, was the Sammy Davis Jr. Open a long, long time ago. And it's an okay tournament. It's not a great tournament. It's an okay tournament. A midsummer PGA Tour. Event. Yeah, it's nice. But it's nice to take a nap and watch, you know, and wake up and the golf is still on. So it is a dogfight at the end. Uh, Bubba Watson had a horrific stretch in the back nine where he was plus six on five holes. The last five holes, at least bogey on all five of the holes. So he drops out of contention. Other people are passed. And you end up with Harris English, who has won on the tour this year already, yep. who gagged, I thought, it was at Congaree, wasn't it? He, yes. he like, in the last bogey, round. Bogey, bogey, bogey. Yeah, he just Oof. took himself out of it. A total gag job by Harris English. And that's just a couple of weeks ago. And he's in it this time, and he's in it with somebody I've never heard of named Kramer Hickok. I, I was texting some people about this, and I said, Kramer, such an unusual name. Maybe his father was a Seinfeld fan. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. He's I've that never, young. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never heard of the name Kramer. Someone told me that he was um, the college roommate of Jordan Spieth at Texas. Is that possible? Does that, that make sense That would to make you? sense. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw some Texas gear on his bag. Okay, so maybe that's the case. Anyway, I'm getting texts from a few people who are paying attention to this, and I am paying attention to this. On the last hole, English is in the next-to-last group, and Hickok is in the last group with Bubba Watson. On 18, English throws in a long birdie putt to take the lead by one and is very demonstrative about this because he thinks he's won the tournament, and we all think he's won the tournament. Hickok in the next group birdies the same hole, so there's going to be a playoff. This is right around 6 o'clock. Right around six, there's going to be a playoff. The way a playoff works is if you do the same hole over and over, and they do, right? Was it 18 or 17? Yes, 18. 18. The same hole over and over and over again. That if you finish the hole tied, they put you in a golf cart and take you back out to the tee. A lot of places, they do two holes because they are next to each other. Right, so you can go there and back. Right, and then you're, you're never really in the golf cart. But at this particular tournament, they're going all the way back to the tee. Gives you a few minutes to do whatever you have to do. And an like awkward, eat. awkward cart ride. It is. And they're not together. No. They're in separate carts. And they're on the back. They're like really on the back. Okay. So the playoff starts around 6 o'clock. They have the first hole. There's one more hole. And now it's like 6.15 or 6.20. And the dog goes out at 6. The dog's ready to go. I'm in a texting situation with someone who is a boss of mine. And he says, it's great, right? And I say, the dog's bladder is going to burst. I got to go. And he goes, you can't go. I said, just let me know what happens. Just pause it. I don't know how to pause it. <clears throat> I don't know how to so pause it. There's a button it. with two bars. I don't know how to do it. You know, you can tell me now for the rest of the time, I don't know how to do it. I certainly didn't know how to do it yesterday. I leave at 6.30 to take the dog out. I get back at 7. They're still playing. Oof. They're now in the fifth playoff hole. I watched two. I missed three and four and most of five. They're still playing. 
I'm thinking this is not possible. I get to watch as Hickok on about a 40-footer just rims out to the right. I mean, he could end it right there. Anyway, they keep going and they keep going and they keep going. And by the way, their, their shots are all good. What is interesting about well, this... they've played the hole enough. They par the hole each time. There are no birdies yet. They par the hole. But there are no bogeys either. Hickok makes a real good par save from about eight feet at one point, and everything else is right near the jar. Um, on, <clears throat> on the next to last hole, on the seventh playoff hole, English makes a great shot out of a terrible lie in the sand, right? Yeah. And he makes the par. Now they go the eighth hole. This now has become tied with a bunch of other things, the longest playoff in 50 years. There's one that went 11 and was just declared over and even, and they tied with no winner. But all the others that have gone eight, none have gone nine or 10, just eight. Um, there, there is a winner, and English pours in a birdie. It's the only, it's the only birdie in the eight holes. Uh, gets it from about 10 feet? Yeah, and it was an uphill putt. The, the, Straight hole, putt. the hole before he had the downhiller, and it was hard to get the speed on the downhill putts because there had been, I don't know, two hours of growth since they'd last played the, the, the hole. And you, you got the sense it went, that... It went way past seven. Like, you had to consider darkness. It was at almost 8 o'clock. You were, you were then rooting for darkness, which is so hard yes. to consider. Yes. Connecticut, of four or five days after the summer solstice, where it's staying light till 9 o'clock. Well, but Connecticut is <laughs> further east. east. It's further east, so the sun is going to set a little bit earlier. For the first time in years, felt like he had run out of things to say. Nance <laughs> was talking and talking and talking, and Nance got to the end of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> He did. He got to the end of the internet. It was just, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? But it was, it was one of these things... A very satisfying ending. Whether or not you rooted for this guy, it's a satisfying ending because a birdie ends it. it, it, right, so it right. Nobody it, messed up. It was, right. it was won. And just yes, not for lost. A, for a midsummer, ran, essentially a random tour event, it had just so much fun energy to it when you saw the crowd. This, this would be like going to a... Actually, it'd be like going to the Nats Phillies game last last week that had the the back and forth the thirteen twelve games. Oh yeah, and all the offense and the people that stage just had great fun. They're singing a chorus of Kramer. He clearly became the fan favorite. I just love the shot they kept on showing the Walker, the walking standard bear who had the scorecard. The poor scorecard kid, up, the just p- still walking around the green. Why? Every, under. Everybody knows they were thirteen under, and now they're in a playoff, and it's. So and then they kept showing shots of Kramer Hickok's parents and fiance wife wife yeah. okay Newly and they didn't even know he didn't know that they were there and they were agonizing then they were so delirious when he put in that par save but you know in the end they didn't win it, it was uh, it was I think you're right it had for professional sports it had a certain buoyance and innocence it was very attractive. The first thing with the innocence I'm thinking about, what you had last week with the sort of forced um, rivalry of Kepka and DeChambeau. I want to go, this is something that occurs on the course. It was about good play, and it just became fun. It was really nice, and, and I enjoyed it. And then, then you say to yourself, okay, this is going to lead all the sports centers. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the fifth story. Right. It's not the NBA. But it led into a great 60 Minutes. I watched that entire right? 60 Minutes. I didn't know that those were reruns. Yeah, they were great. The one about the spies, yes, uh, in China, the Americans being nuked, B 
being microwaved. Microwave. Yeah, being microwaved. And then a guy who prosecuted the Nuremberg trials, he's 100 years old, and he was 97 at the time in the interview and spectacularly literate and angry and, and wow. wonderful. And then a piece on... on uh, Beautiful suits. Court, Corden? Is that his name? James yeah, Corden? James Corden. Right. Nice, lovely. It's right. a nice, lovely piece. You know, and so, yeah, I watched all of that. I haven't watched 60 Minutes in a long time, but... I was sort of trapped into it and happy to do it. Yeah. But the golf was wonderful. A, a small note, uh, Max Scherzer, as always, has to be the stopper. You know, they lose a game or two, two in a row to Miami, which is awful to lose to Miami, scoring no runs. And Max Scherzer is the stopper again. He goes over, he's the, now the 19th highest. With strikeouts. Strikeouts. He's, he's at 2,900, something like that. He went over 2,900. And he's now won 100 games in the National League. That was his 100th win in the National League. He won 82 in the American League. And wherever his next stop is, if it's in the American League, I don't know that anyone has won 100 in both leagues. Probably. Probably. Probably, to, but I, I, I don't know. You know, and Scherzer was terrific. Although Scherzer... <sighs> Scherzer gets to 0-2 and and nibbles. And, yeah. and then Scherzer... And then Scherzer has a thirty pitch inning. And but he had Scherzer a couple of very six. he had a couple of very efficient innings yesterday that were that he got some first pitch ground outs. Yeah, so it was it but was. Yeah, the, so you you are discounting that the Miami Marlins are a very aggressive team at the plate. Their run differential is still positive versus yeah. the rest of the division. I was so surprised. Their record does not like does not really show who they are. Yeah, but I mean, you're 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 hot. You won ten out of eleven or nine out of ten or whatever it is. And then you get to a situation where in two games in a row, the best you can do is two runs total. Yeah. And you fall into the same trap that the Nats fall into, which is leaving men on base. I'll bet they lead the league in LOB. I'll bet they do. They've left so many guys Need on. Need to hit more oppo bombs. Uh, I, did I write you that note? <laughs> I've lived 72 years. I've watched baseball for 65 of those years. I covered baseball. I, it's the one sport I think I know pretty well. I understand the strategies. I have never heard the word oppo <laughs> my whole life till this year. I never heard oppo. No one ever standing around the cage said, watch, I'm going oppo. <laughs> Nobody ever said that. Yeah. When did that become a word? Oppo. I, I think it's something that just has slowly worked its way up from kids baseball or, you know. Did you did you use oppo? I think so. I don't I, I'll trust you. I don't know what it, it's something that I've always known about. I mean, I understand that yeah. launch angle is new. I understand war, like all of that stuff is new. I hate when they go velo, velo, velocity. I hate velo. <laughs> I hate it, and I hate oppo. I mean, you know, say the word velocity and opposite. It's not. It's not that hard. It's not, the time you waste saying the word opposite won't kill you. <laughs> it's not going to kill but you. But it's so fun to say. Yes, oppo. Uh, by the way, I have the list of pitchers who have won 100 games in both leagues. How many? Uh, it's, well, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's uh, Al Orth. Pedro. Did pa Pedro? Pedro. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, Pedro, Randy Johnson, Kevin Brown, Nolan Ryan, Dennis Martinez, okay. Gaylord Perry, Fergie Jenkins, Jim Bunning, Cy Young, and Al Orth. Whom I'm not I don't know Al Orth. Okay, yeah. so there it's a significant list. Yeah. I, I was unaware. But it's still it's a pretty good list to be on. I think most of I think if you those. cut if you went to 150 in each, you wouldn't have that many people. Uh, That's my guess. No, I'm not That's my guess. I think Sai is the only yeah, one. I think it'd be Sai Young. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. Is Wilbon gonna join us when we return? That's the plan. Michael Wilbon, when we return, I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a solo stove ad, and, and it says, it, it, 
I hate when it does this. It says host ad lib. You know, my feeling is you want your product talked about. Don't tell me to ad lib. Write some copy so I can talk about your product. We have people who have bought Solo Stove because of this show. Yes. They've all said they like it very, very much. So Lizza went out and bought Solo Stove. Swears by it. So Lizza went it. out and bought Solo Stove. Yes. Because of the ads on this show. Yes. We, did, we, so, did, we did dance around the copy like the flickering Solo Stove flame. All right, what? here we go. Host ad lib. Talk about what defines your summer. An iconic sun hat. Ice cream sundaes every Sunday. An annual trip. Visiting a favorite spot on the beach. Eating watermelon in the pool. I hate watermelon. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, it can't I swim I never either. eat watermelon, and I don't know how to swim. So I don't sit... And eat watermelon in the pool. Can I just and you know what? If you're telling me to ad lib, just write it down. Because this is coming out of your head. What I can do is talk about Solo Stove. Solo Stove's a great... Pro you're selling the product. There's something... I'll just read some of this copy. There's something that feels magical about summer nights. Maybe it's those gentle breezes. Symphonies of animals and insect. Or the warming glow of a campfire. Day or night, a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove turns magical summer moments into unforgettable memories. Okay, if you want me to talk about... Summer, I will define summer for you. It's glow bugs. When the glow oh, bugs sure. come out, right. I think they're called lightning bugs in some places and that's glow right. bugs for me. When you see them at night, that's the greatest thing about summer. They're flickering in the trees. You see them through your window. You go out into the backyard. You try to catch them. They're very eminently catchable. Yes, they're, they're not, not hard. Yeah, they're not, they're not, not flying they're away. They're not evasive. I think they're, they're called... Don't kill them, but you put them in your hands. I think the technical name is oppo bugs. They're not oppo bugs. <laughs> so, and then it says, focus your enjoyment on your experience with solo stove over typical fire pits. Well, I don't like fire pits. No. I, I, I've crusaded against <laughs> fire pits. I like solo stove because solo stove doesn't... Doesn't give you that smell. Yeah. yeah, and the smoke's not pouring into your eyes all the time. Right. Yeah, that's the, right. That's and the and there isn't that sense. My God, if I slip, I'm dead. <laughs> oh, Solo Stove. It's a lovely product. I, I give it my personal endorsement because people who listen to the show have have bought it. And Michael, we, ha we have the Solo Stove at my in-laws' house. Yeah. So I mean, we we like it. Yes. Like but, the logs. You know, do your job, as Bill Belichick would say. People, do your job. No one needs a reason to gather around the fire. Solo Stove just took away the re any reason not to. That actually is a very good line. And now you can get $10 off when you use the promo code TONYK at checkout. Just go to solostove.com. Remember, you get $10 off when you use the code TONYK. You know, use the code, but also, what greater endorsement can I give than people are buying this thing because they hear it on this show? Yes. I might use the code for another one. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Jill Wilson from Somerville, South Carolina. She's 15 years old. 15 years old. Uh, William Bennett, who's the director of the choir there, the official choir of the Tony Kornheiser Show, the Cane Bay Choir, he sent this stuff. As you spoke a few weeks ago about your memories of Jimmy Steinman in high school, it made me think about how about Jill and how someday we might say we knew her when. This is called Runaway. <laughs> 15. She's 15. I mean, she's 15 years old. It's a voice from God. It's wonderful. Michael Wilbon joins us now, and I need to read something that Wilbon sent me. This is, uh, he sent this at Saturday night at 11 o'clock, 11-11 Saturday night. 
I was, of course, asleep at this point. The Clippers are playing at this point. They are playing Phoenix. I have watched the first quarter and a half of this game before nodding off. And in that period of time, in that period of time, Phoenix is ahead. They are comfortably ahead, right? And I write something to Will Bond about how I think that Phoenix is going to win and Milwaukee is going to win and comfortably, comfortably. And Will Bond writes, and I'm quoting here, Clippers have won this series today with their third quarter and Paul George is the best player in the series, period. You're going to be totally wrong. Booker is spooked. Clippers' toughness and defense has them defeated. So I look at this at 6 in the morning, and I write, if I'm wrong and that's true, the blame lands on Chris Paul to a large degree for not getting them there. You're always saying Booker is a superstar, and Paul's lessons are learned whether he's on the court or not. These are your words. We both know missing Kawhi should be devastating to a team with no leader. If it isn't, yes, credit to George, who's been a dog for years in the playoffs, and to Ty Lue for improvising as he has. But blame falls on Phoenix leadership, too. But I still think Phoenix will win. And then I write 10 minutes later, wait, I just saw the highlights. The Clippers missed 12 shots in a row down the stretch. Your boy Paul George is now four for 19 in the fourth quarter in the series. How can he be the best player in the series? When did you text me? In the third quarter when the Clippers were coming back? Paul George was something like five for 20. Again, I think Phoenix will, will win comfortably, and so will Milwaukee. If I'm wrong, so be it. But Clippers can't win the series against a good team, a better team all season without their best player. You texted me in the middle of the game. Okay. <laughs> That's what we do in the middle of the game. We get overly overwrought with emotion at the, in the moment. That, 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 that game and the way it went was so bizarre. It was like a, it was a flashback to 1980s basketball, Tony. And you know what? Paul George... George has become an interesting figure in basketball in that, I mean, he's got a lot. He can do everything on a basketball court, but it's, it's so many times, as you know, because you, 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 like, you love taking shots at Paul George. I do, because he stinks. It, just, it ends up, no, he doesn't stink. He, he stinks in the stinks. fourth. That's not, that's he not stinks in the fourth quarter Tony, with Tony, the game on the line. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's had these <laughs> situations, yeah. and, and they – it looks like he's going to turn it so many times and then, oh, wait, there's a missed free throw. Oh, wait, yeah. there's two missed free throws. So, you know, the other night when he missed the two free throws, um, he, it was the first time in, like, he, he went to the line, you know, like more than 100 times, and he never missed two. Hadn't missed two. Right. And, of course, he missed two. With the game on and the every line. Every time you think he's going to turn the corner, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't no. turn the corner. And, no. it, 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 you know, it looks, look, at 3-1, it certainly looks like it, he, he was the best player for about a quarter. Okay. And then it goes okay. away in the fourth. It does. It does. Yes. It, it, in the fourth, he has, did you, did you see the, the picture of Ballmer, of, of the owner? When when he was at the line ch- taking the free throws late in the game, did you see the, that? So no, I'm not a fan of Ballmer's. And yeah. in, in, in the background, Tony, Ballmer has his head down. And well, that's when not the a good sign. Player he has right now <laughs> right. on the floor because there's no Kawhi Leonard. He just has his head down, and it's like, oh my god, this is the owner of the team, 
And he doesn't want Paul George at the line, of course, because he, he, he missed. I guess he was 5 for 20. But he, yeah. he had gotten them back. They were down 16. And they had 12 chances to tie the game. I and they missed they them all. They missed all them all. To tie or oh, for take 12. The yeah. Oh, for 12. I'm not saying, I'm not oh, saying Phoenix played great, Mike, but Phoenix no, did they, enough they, to they win. Did. They, played, they, they, they won. They won on the road. They, they did enough to win. And that game, Tony, was an alley fight. And I, I had forgotten, you know, they don't play basketball like that anymore. And it was something strangely charming about it where people played just defense like their lives depended on it. And, and I, I had not seen the Suns franchise doesn't win games like that. I mean, you go, Tony, you can go all the way. You remember the Paul Westfall teams. And, yes. And then, of course, you yes. move up to the, to, the, to the Walter Davis and then up through the Charles Barkley teams. And then you move to the Steve Nash teams. They never won games like that. And so, that, that, so Chris Paul and Booker, they had the toughness to gut that out. And win that game in a way. Even though they the shot terribly. As a signature. They, they shot it as badly terribly. as the, as the yes. Clippers. But they just had the guts to, 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 to just exercise some will and win that game. So good for them. They're going to win the series. Real. They're going to win the series. And the, there's a reason they're going to win the series, Mike. Because the best player the in the series is not available. Kawhi Leonard, who has two finals MVPs. Yeah, who has won yeah. on two different yeah. teams? He's not available. I, I don't. No. I don't know how you can win that way. Do you look? Just look at Brooklyn. It, yeah. If well, your look squad. At every, look, at every team. look at look at look at yeah. Denver. I mean, yeah. every team. You know, the one thing, the the, the best thing the Suns have going. Knock on wood. Uh, for those of us rooting for the Suns, and I am, is that they've got, you know, they've had knock on wood health. They, they, yeah. Their players have not. I mean, Chris Paul, it looked bad. The, you know, the first game of the playoffs when, when he got Paul his shoulder, shoulder hit. injury. And he is, yes. yeah. But, he but came they back. have not. They have been able to keep all their players upright and, and, and playing. And other teams largely have not. But Milwaukee has. Milwaukee's got an injury to DiVincenzo, but he's not one of their, their, their best players. So you also me, doubt I, I, you I, doubt Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, yeah. as I said to you, was going to win four in a row after they lost the first one, and I, I still think that. That's what I, I believe. Milwaukee. But I can't trust them because Tony, they they won last night the way Milwaukee needs to win, and that is when Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to the basket, no one can stop him. But then he'll just decide to take you know ten, twelve threes in a game. That's right. Not 10, that's right. But eight or nine. And I don't trust them. I really don't. Atlanta had that game last night. They were up eight. That's right. Atlanta was up eight, and they should have won that game. And Trey Young got hurt. We go back to the theme of the playoffs, getting hurt. Trey Young rolled his ankle by stepping on the ankle, the foot of an official. And without Trey Young, you know what's going to happen. He's their best no, player. And I'll, I'll give you all of that, but what I've seen in the last couple of games – is Middleton and Holiday, who were terrible in the previous series. Middleton has stepped up, and Holiday is doing the best he can defensively and is a force out there. They're a better team than Atlanta, They're right? You can see that. I, I, They're yes, a better yes, team. That, yes, but I don't trust them. I, yeah. don't trust them to, I don't trust them not to be tied to two. 
I've, I've been watching, look, Tony. Okay, yeah, but, but who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win this series? I guess Milwaukee should win yeah. the series. Yeah, I, I, I think they will. We've been saying Milwaukee should win for th- just the third year. I mean, Milwaukee has had chances. They've That's right. The first rodeo for them. Yeah, but you've, you saw that do, with... They do stupid stuff. I mean, Chicago mm-hmm. took time. Team, you know, yeah. not everybody. Phoenix is the exception to the rule by miles. Yes, yes, yes. By are. miles. It, you it, talk it, about look, heartbreak. You don't have to close it. Well, who's had heartbreak? Yes. Well, Philadelphia's had heartbreak and yes, Milwaukee's man. had heartbreak, right? I mean, that's the pattern yes. that you've watched your whole yes. life. So, yes. just remember, remember, I mean, the, 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 the person I'm rooting for the hardest in this, Chris Paul, has had heartache. Not yes, with he has. No, but, but other they, places. He, the other day, you know, somebody asked him about being a 3-1. And he's like, please, don't bother me with 3-1. <laughs> Which was a great answer. Because Chris Paul has been in a situation a few years ago. I mean, up 3-1 with, with uh, the Clippers. The Clippers yep. were up 3-1 on Houston with like a 20-point lead. And to, to, to get to, I think, to play the Golden State, it would have been 2015. And they had beaten Golden State in seven the previous year. So I'm not counting stuff until I see it. And that, that I is Milwaukee. What else have you been watching? What else have you seen That's in it. sports? Did you That's see it. the golf? Did you see the playoff? Yeah, but I could appreciate it. I could appreciate it. It's terrific. I, you know, um, I've, I've flown from Los Angeles to Phoenix yesterday. Got up at four in the morning to do so. Right. And so I was like nodding Retired. in and out of the golf before the basketball came on. So no, I, I was in Chicago. I was in LA while the Cubs were completing a no hitter on the Dodgers with yeah. four pitchers, three of yeah. whom didn't even know they were involved in a no hitter. Well, you know, yes, I under, I totally understand that. It looked like nobody on the field but the pitcher and the catcher at the end knew what was going on because yeah, it's a forced pitcher, four pitchers. Season. Such a yeah. weird season. And then I run into our manager, Coach Ross. I run into him. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it literally walking to the hotel in Los Angeles after the Clipper game. He knew what had happened in that game. Saw me and I said, do, do I dare ask you what happened tonight? This is the night after the game. And he said, yeah, we, we, we got walked off. <laughs> so you hate to ask the manager no. of your own you know, team. What happened? But I didn't know. He knew I didn't know because I just and then out of the and arena. then Kershaw beat them yesterday. Kershaw was great. Yesterday. Yes, we lost three out of four after we lost three straight after. I don't know. We have we you been the Dodgers well, and you know so far this season we've got some wins against the Dodgers. But yeah, have you been watching the trials? Have you watched any of the trials? Yeah, I haven't watched I as many as trials. I wanted to. I haven't. No, I watched. I love the trials. Um, when I was in Washington, which seems like about seven weeks ago, when I was there the first night of the trials, I watched them uh, for one night. But no, this is an obsessive period uh, yeah. for me because I'm either at games um, or I'm involved in watching, you know, the other series, the, the, the Atlanta-Milwaukee series. And so, no, I won't watch any sports really until the 22nd. The, the NBA playoffs could go. If the finals go to game seven, I think to the 22nd of July. I've, so if I've both teams, before. Mike, if both teams go 4-1, I mean, Phoenix has already played two more games than Milwaukee. But if Milwaukee gets out 4-1, what, 
Will will they start the the finals earlier? That's a great question, Tony. I was going to make that call last night, and again, I had a Mr. Tony evening. I was I I, Went I looked at the clock yeah. at nine thirty Pacific, you know, time out here, which is really like Mountain Daylight or something. It's not really Pacific time, but it's the same as Pacific time. Nine thirty. I was like, I'm done. I can't I can't keep my 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 eyes open anymore because of these crazy four a.m. flights. And sleeping yeah. three hours for like you know a, a month, so I was out of it, and I didn't make the call to find out what's the move up date. Is there a move up date? And Tony, when, when, when there's not a move up date, and these things delay for like a week, and you always go crazy. It's not good. Say, Why does the league do this? It's not, the it's not good. It's the people who employ you and me. Because no, I understand, but it's not. Yeah, ESPN has the finals by the network. It, it's yeah. not good if there's too long a lull. People forget about it. It, it, you, well, you want to get no right into it in two days. Yeah, well, like okay. To, but, but, you know, I, I don't know if, if there's a move-up date. And obviously the right. Suns could close this thing out tonight. Yeah, and but you can't, you can't start the finals with one team. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you got to have two teams well, to start the finals. Okay, Michael think, and I, after think, the show, we're going to Caves Valley to play today, Michael and I. You've okay. played Caves a lot. Good. Yeah, I've yeah. played Caves a lot. I, I will not, you know, see a golf course until after this is all. Oh, it's media day. You know. Media day for oh, the BMW. Yeah. The BMW, which last year was at Olympia Fields, of course, a little right. bit closer and nearer to my heart. Yeah. Right. So it's going to be at yeah. Caves this year. So very excited. Oh, very excited. Cool. Except it's 98 know. degrees. It's hot. That's Although it's got to be hot. It's got to be hot where you are, right? I mean, L.A. had yeah, to be very hot. Uh, no, L.A. was L.A. was uh, was eerily, eerily beautiful when i say beautiful la you know how you can identify there's nobody listening except you will be able to understand this you know how when you watch old movies from la from the 60s the 50s and 60s and perry mason episodes and it was yep. so clear and beautiful and perfect yep. And, yep and you're like well wait a minute what what happened to that well mm-hmm. i was in la for three days tony i went to a rooftop uh just spectacular rooftop restaurant in Beverly Hills, and when I got off the elevator, and it's only like 12 floors, I get off the elevator, you look to your left, and from this one place, you see, you can turn to your left, you see the Pacific Ocean, wow. and from this, and you turn to your right, and you see the San Gabriel Mountains. You see the mountains, with yeah. Snow, with snow, with one look, just, it's perfect, it's perfect. It's like L.A. created by some movie maker. And you're like, how often does this happen? I've only Never. seen that as much as I'm in L.A. I've seen that two or three times in my 40 years of traveling to L.A. And it was like that for three or four days. Good for you. And it's like, what is happening to the world that you can get this? And I just wanted to stay outside. It was in the 70s. And, mm. and Phoenix, literally, Scottsdale, we're going to drop to below 100 for like 12 days in a row, according to the forecast. So I'm, I could get out, but I'm not. I'm not. It ain't the time to get out. Right. Time to watch basketball. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Talk All to right, you later. Time. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We will come back. Richard Justice. We're going to talk about goop. My favorite topic, <laughs> goop. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X Chair Read. Again, people listen to the X Chair Read, and what do they do? They buy the X chair. Sam Neill bought the X chair, right, Michael? That's correct. Sam Neill bought it. Jody Forstott 
bought the X chair, right? People have never had an office chair that looks or feels so amazing. It's so comfortable, you can sit in it for hours and never feel uncomfortable. I moved it upstairs to the attic to do the PTI show out of the X chair. I don't know what greater personal endorsement I can give than to say that I'm, and when I say I, Michael moved it. So I couldn't pick it up. Michael moved it. But it's up there. And when we do PTI, and we're off this week because of Euro soccer, but you'll see me in the X chair. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable lumbar DVL support, which offers unbelievable lumbar support to my lower back, but now thanks to their X HMT technology, I can also get heat and massage therapy while I'm sitting at my desk. You need that today. I do. My back hurts. HMT, heat massage therapy. Yeah, I picked up a 35-pound bag of dog food at yesterday. Your age. Picked it up and tried to open it and pour it into a huge canister and hurt my back doing it. You know, So I may be sitting in a chair before I go play <laughs> caves today. I may do that. The XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to your core, helping increase blood flow, muscle recovery, and energy. And those are all perks that make working from home or office a joy. Uh, it even has four different massage modes, four different massage modes, which is like, it's pro. That's pro. You won't believe the X chair difference until you feel the X chair difference for yourself. Trust me, it's the luxury supercar of office chairs. X chair is on sale now for $100 off. So go to xchairtony.com now. That's the letter X chair tony.com or you can call 1-844-4x-chair x chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 dollars a month go to x chair tony.com now use the code x wheels for free x wheel blade casters we all want those x chair tony.com use the code people you're listening to the tony kornheiser show the tony kornheiser show Once again, this is Jill Wilson, a 15-year-old high school freshman from Somerville, South Carolina. This is called The Meadow, sent to us by William Bennett, who is the director of the choir at Cane Bay High School. Michael, do you know where Somerville is? Is that near I Chan? Was, I thought it was north of Charleston. North of Charleston? I'll check it again. Because William Bennett says, next time you're in South Carolina, let's play golf on me. You got to take somebody up on that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if he's... If he's a member of a good track, that'd be great. Jill Wilson, 15 years old. What were you doing at 15, kids? <laughs> this is called The Meadow. Michael, if people like Jill Wilson want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com and we'll meet at Yeaman's Hall just outside of Charleston. Okay, that's a good we'll, one. We'll, we'll work on it. That's a good track. Richard Justice joins us now to talk about my favorite baseball topic. My favorite baseball thing is the Nats, of course which I agonize over all the time, like good fans are supposed to. Um, it's just it's never good enough because you want to win every game. But goop is the thing that I care about the most. They got somebody yesterday. They got Santiago from Seattle. They got him. I watched his interview. He said, it's just rosin. It's all it is is rosin. Um, what, Richard, what do you, I mean, let's start with sort of a historical context. How long have pitchers been using some sort of goop and what, in your mind, brought this to the crescendo where baseball said, we have to stop it? I'll start with the last part. The okay. league-wide batting average is 238. I think it was 237 in 1968, which prompted 
demand to be lowered. And I yes. think it was like turning up uh, the temperature on the lobster two degrees at a time. We want you to use something. We want you to have control of the ball. We don't want you, because the ball, the new baseballs that go into games are sometimes a little slick. We want you to have some amount of control. So first, we're going to allow you to put rosin on the ball. Uh, we have a rosin bag on the mound. And on a cold day, we're going to allow you to put your fingers in your mouth and put some saliva on the ball. And then we're going to allow you to use a little bit of pine tar. Just don't be too obvious about it. Don't put it on your neck like Michael Pineda of the Yankees <laughs> did in, in one game <clears throat> to get a better grip on the ball, all in the name of safety. Then we're going to allow you to put a little bit of sunblock on your arm because that will allow you to get a grip of the ball, all in the name of safety. Well, what happened? Players kept putting stuff, and they found this spider tack and something else that allowed them to grip the ball. And now players are getting baseballs coming out of games that stick to your hand. There was one team was going back to the hotel. A rookie had gotten its first hit, and they were passing around the ball, and the ball would stick to their hands. They could turn their palms down. And (laughs) what that allows is it makes good pitchers. It It does not make you a major league pitcher, but it elevates good pitchers into greatness. And what had happened is, you look up one day and you inch, you look the other way, you look the other way, you look the other way, and then suddenly the game is unwatchable, that no one is getting hits. It's all about strikeouts. Strikeouts are at a record proportion. And Rob Banford had told teams over the winter, we're going to start patrolling this. But I think the game was in such dire straits that in the middle of the season, they said, hold it, we've got to stop this. I don't know how you feel about it. To me, it's I don't like it for umpires. I'm embarrassed for umpires. This is not what they signed up for. It's a bad look. And also, it's a dangerous look in, in this way. You know how competitive these people are. You know what Mike Scherzer's like. When you get a guy that's just struck out somebody to end an inning or given up a home run and gotten, finally gotten out of the inning, and you're going to stop the guy coming off the mound and say, hey, buddy, uh, take your, let me see your belt, let me see see your glove. I mean, that is an explosive situation. And you saw it with Max being upset and with Garrett Cole. Sergio Romo pulled down his pants. It's a bad, bad look. On the other hand, how else are you going to stop this stuff? So this is, this is my rejoinder to all of that. <clears throat> in, the, in the heat and height of the effort in the first week, when you would think nobody is using bad goop, you had a 13-12 Nats-Phillies game, which is everything you could ever want in a baseball game, win or lose. You had people hitting the ball all over the place. It was one people of the running. games I've ever watched. People, You're right. Just, it was tremendous. And not to assign that to umpires giving the, lati- giving the latitude to throw people out of games. So it does seem to me that if you looked for data – you'd find that without the goop, Richie, baseball returns to the baseball that we all love, right? No question. And you can, it's measurable. I mean, you've seen the spin rate. And for people yes. who get tired of hearing about spin rate, what spin rate does is you hear hitters talk about a rising fastball. The fastball doesn't actually rise. But with a higher spin rate, the fastball keeps its plane. 
and it appears to be rising. It doesn't sink at all. And curveballs, you've seen curveballs and sliders with when you're able to hold the ball better. Um, it, they become unhittable, basically. I mean, you've seen pitches thrown this year that are unfair. 99 miles an hour at the eyes and 92-mile-an-hour sliders and stuff. And what you're now seeing is the spin rate for some of these guys, well, for all these guys, is going down, you know, 10%, 12%. Yes. It's, it's, yes. Yeah, you're right. It's a different game. Now, I don't know if you could connect the dots on that game, um, which was phenomenal, but we're going to see runs scored again, and the reason is this. And, <clears throat> you know, and it's easy to take shots at the commissioner. You know, you should have seen this coming. Of course, you, you should be able to look around every corner, but how did you know <laughs> that players are – I mean, maybe you should have known, you know, corked bats, all this. It's the history of the game for 100 years. You look for every advantage you can, and – you find something that's better than the last thing, which was better than the last thing. I thought, uh, Tony, that just the sunblock was okay, that that right. was a safety issue. But I've seen players, uh, pitchers, former pitchers quoted as saying, look, if you have to have something like that on your hands to control the ball, to keep from throwing it at somebody's head, you're overthrowing, and that's the game now. Throw as hard as you can. We don't care if you go two innings, three innings, four innings. Throw as hard as you can. Max effort. The game in that way has changed, and maybe that has to change, too, in that you have to worry about control first. Well, why are the Tampa Bay Rays so great? One reason is they have a very simple philosophy about pitching and hitting. They want pitchers and hitters who can control the strike zone, throw strikes, and one of pro- the problems of the game now is you watch, and it's ball one, 98 miles an hour, ball two, you know, and, and it, it just slows the game down to a crawl. So maybe uh, there are unintended consequences of all this that will be, you know, pretty good. <laughs> how can you, like this week, how can you actually get caught this week? They caught Santiago <laughs> right. of Seattle. He says it was just rosin, but they caught him. And there's a part of me, there's a conspiracist part of me that wonders, why did they catch him? Not Scherzer, not Bauer, not Cole. You know what I mean? They caught a marginal pitcher. They didn't get a big-time guy. Do you think that people will wonder if that was some sort of a setup and and that there's, you know, that this was baseball's plan all along, not to go after the tough guys? Right. The other side of that would be maybe the marginal guy feels like he can't he's not going to be in the big leagues without without it right and it right. was stuff oozing out of the eyelets in the glove and he yes. says it was rosin and water it was a hot day and all that um so i mean the glove will go and i think it's coming to houston texas to be checked out or somewhere and actually i think it's coming about two miles from my house now that i think of it and he'll have the chance and if he's if he's innocent you know he won't be suspended otherwise they're going to be a man short for 10 days but and my, uh, what the umpire said was uh, there was a sticky substance, a gooey substance, right. and that's not rosin. That's not the. That's not the. That's not the sensation you get with rosin and water. So there's a there's a sort of an overall historic feel to this that I'll get to. Everybody understood that steroids were bad, that steroids were cheating. You could look at the bodies of people. You can right. look at Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds, the size of Barry Bonds' head. 
you could look at Brady Anderson and go, whoa, what is this? What happened here? And everybody sort of concluded at around the same time, this can't be good. I don't know that there is that universal feeling about goop that there is about steroids. So I'm going to ask you, can this become steroids? Can we see this sort of eliminated, you know, because people just say, all right, we're not going here anymore. It's really hard to police. You know, you can police steroids with a, with a yep. urine test, with a blood test. It is really hard to police that. And, and it leads to something that's unsightly. Listen, about steroids, no one would have said anything if steroids had been used the way they were meant to be used. In maintenance, I mean, you, you've heard of people who have used steroids for 40 years and weightlifting and all. Yeah. But to go overboard, to end up with a cartoonish body, there's a famous story about Pete Rose looked at one teammate in spring training and said, hey, I, I don't know what you did this winter, but you did too much of it. <laughs> and, and that's where it went. Like, and I asked an NFL trainer, I said, do you have a steroid problem? And, he, and all he said was, I look around and I don't see cartoon-like figures in, in, in my locker room, so I think maybe we're okay. Um, you had to have science to do that. In this one, it's just going to be, you know, walk the white line, buddy. Let me let me see your belt, your glove, your hat. And uh, it just, I, I don't like the look of it, but I don't know what choice you had. Yeah, what, I, I'm interested in what you said before, that you think it puts the umpires in a terrible position. Oh, it's not what they signed up for. And you right. can see on the day that it started, they walked over and like, meh. You know, and said, uh, I'm sorry, I have to do this. It's not my job. It's not really my, shouldn't be my responsibility. Right. But you guys took it too far. And now, player, you know, Garrett Cole had a bad first inning yesterday. He just walked off the mound. But this is Garrett Cole and just handed the guy his glove and hat and goes, just let me get back to the dugout. I, this is a, I'm having a terrible day. Just get it over with. And I think that's the way Scherzer approached it too. What he didn't like was the middle of the inning. Well, Girardi, Girardi went over the line, didn't you think? <laughs> I mean, Girardi yeah. thinks he's smarter than everyone, right? That's right. And he, um, he went over the line. Was a, that was a, yeah, and you know, what you're telling a guy is, you're telling a guy that's one of the best professionals, one of the best people, one of the most competitive people, guy's going to the Hall of Fame, and you're saying, yep. uh, you know what? I don't think you're good enough without cheating. Let's, let's go take a look at you. And if you're a competitor, you're a competitive person, and God knows there's nobody more competitive than Max Scherzer, you're pissed. And he was. Oh, I think a lot of people who are Nats fans, because I had this discussion all last week, wanted Scherzer to punch Girardi in the face. <laughs> right. And, they and did. You know, then when he stared at him off, uh, off the mound, I, I think we thought Girardi went after Scherzer. Gir Girardi, uh, oh man, I, I, you just want to say the Phillies. You hired him; he's yours now. But he was going after Kevin Long. His uh, his old hitting coach, Kevin Long, said some inappropriate things to him. That uh, microphone's caught quite clearly. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then it's good to know all that, Richie. Thank you. I I, I I'm sorry to just dwell on goop but i'm fascinated by it at this point i really am thanks we'll go nats yeah oh that's big win yesterday because of max richard justice boys and girls uh we will take a break and we will come back with email and a jingle i'm tony kornheiser you're listening to the tony kornheiser show oh how about this approach they uh they want the host to ad lib 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the Sunday Reef. Talk about your favorite summer backyard activities and how bugs can ruin them. For us, we are now full in the season of setting up the water table with the boys. They have some whales and dolphins, little constructions, trucks, and they're now old enough at four and two where they sort of just play in a corner by themselves. And then last night, we're fully on board with Michael goes out, lights up the grill, cooks a few steaks for a nice light salad dinner. And Ooh. how do bugs ruin it? It's just you can't have the boys out there if mosquitoes are attacking them because the boys recognize them. The, the mosquito bites you swell mean mosquito up. mosquito gone. You need that. Mosquito gone? That's a good name. How about this name? Mosquito Delito. Right. That's a better name. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's why they have Mosquito Delito. Uh, there's nothing like a summer barbecue. You got your friends, flip-flops, the grill fired up. That's a beautiful image. Then, boom, the sun goes down and bugs come up. Don't worry. Sunday has you covered. And th these are the same people that help me uh, make my lawn. That is, they remind me every time I go through the online portal, is of roughly the one quarter the size of a regulation tennis court. Uh, this is uh, the, the the service that has made it green because I'm still normally this is when I have the bad grass takeover. I'm still going green. That's great. Uh, they use better ingredients. So you can get back to living your best backyard life without worries this summer. And again, you worry about those uh, ingredients that go into Mosquito Delito and the new, I believe it's called uh, Nix Ticks. Nix Ticks. Nix Ticks. Not not tickets to go see your Nicks, <laughs> right? But Nix Ticks. <laughs> Uh, talk about what you like most about uh, Sunday for us. I really think it's the natural ingredients now that the boys are outside. It's super easy to use, and the best part about this is you just type in your address at getsunday.com slash Tony, and they'll figure out what pests are active in your area. Ants, mosquitoes, ticks, cockroaches, they can handle it all, both inside and outside room. We don't have the problem inside the house just yet because we've taken care of the perimeter. Sunday sends you exactly what you need right to your door with step-by-step -step instructions, so you can't mess it up. Used, uh, pest control used to involve expensive services and guys in hazmat suits, and I see that in our neighborhood. And it's yeah. scary because you don't know exactly oh, sure. what they're spraying. Now I can do it all myself without the scary synthetic pesticides. Sunday's made with better for the planet ingredients like cedar oil, chrysanthemum extract, canola oil. Fantastic. So you can manage pests better and feel better about it. Before you pick up the phone and call your some service, try Sunday and get the same effectiveness at half the cost. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of controlling pests in your home and yard this summer. Visit GetSunday.com slash Tony to get $10 off your smart pest plan at checkout. That's $10 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash Tony. Nice job. Thanks. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. So that was sent to us by Jerry Negrelli. Jerry had Jingle Fest this weekend. Yes. Right? A hundred people went to Kilroy's this weekend for Jingle Fest, and they all stood around, and they all sang the song. That's very nice. Isn't that lovely? It's very gratifying that they did that. It's very, very nice. Thank you to Jerry Negrelli for that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Do you want to do the Bethesda bagels, Ed? Yes, uh, Bethesda bagels, Miss Tony. We love them. You will as well. We've got the bagel sandwiches today. That's always a banner day. Love it. Very excited about that. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. That'll just about do it for us today. But before we get to the mailbag, let me just say Jackie Wilson said it was Reed Petit. 
kind of love you got, knock me off my feet, let it all hang out, oh, let it all hang out. And you know I'm so wired up, don't need no coffee in my cup, let it all hang out. That's Van Morrison. Yes, That's Van Morrison. Let's listen kids. to some Van on the car ride today. I don't, know, I don't have music. I don't I know have how to music. Do it. Oh, good. Uh, thanks to our guest today, Michael Wilbon, Richard Justice. Thanks to today's sponsors, Sunday Solo Stove, X-Chair. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Justin Johnson in Arlington, Virginia. Here's the official return on investment, ROI, for the Revolution Toaster. <laughs> Based on the following facts. The average product life cycle of a toaster is six to eight years. For the purpose of this ROI, we will say seven years. The total time required to make toast with the Revolution Toaster is reduced from 4.5 minutes to one minute. The median income for both male and female Americans is $52,377. If on average, the customer eats, the consumer rather, eats toast three times a week for one year, there's a daily savings of 3.5 minutes, minutes, which equates to $1.47 based on valued time using average earnings as the metric. The 147 savings allows for monthly savings of $19.11. With that savings, the Revolution Toaster will pay for itself in 16 months. In under a year and a half, the toaster has paid for itself by simply doing what it's supposed to do, make high-quality toast. Not only is this a favorable ROI for any capital expense, but over the product life cycle of seven years, any customer could conservatively expect to realize an additional savings of $1,300.24. Somewhere in all of this, the fact that Americans consume an average of 53 pounds of bread per year, according to the South Florida Reporter, should be taken into account. But once you're about four minutes into research on toast, you start cutting corners. <laughs> From Jeremy Robbins in Denver, Colorado, as a certified financial planner and a CPA, I felt it was my duty to clarify your 10-year cost allocation for the toaster. And amid the toaster euphoria, you mentioned the cost would be amortized over a decade. Please know that amortization only applies to intangible assets. Think patients, trademarks, copyrights. For tangible assets, we would apply depreciation, such as in the case of rental property, kitchen appliances for chatter, and solo stoves. I think this is important to know. Sure. From Mike Villarosa in Chicago. I find that it would be more cost efficient to simply toast my bread on the regular purple line fires when I visit D.C. <laughs> From Bill Garner in North Potomac, Maryland. I've hated every piece of crap toaster I have ever owned. I may be the sucker to buy this. From Jason Thompson in Lexington, South Carolina. I made this purchase last year. The Technivorm Maca Master KBT 40-ounce coffee brewer. Retail price $359. I did the math like you and said it would pay for itself in less than a year's time. Best purchase I've made in a while. Great coffee, BPA-free, and uses a thermos instead of a burner to keep it warm so the coffee stays true. The company's been around since 1964. You know it's got to be good. Ordering my toaster today. Who says dreams don't come true? <laughs> From Bob in St. Paul. I'm curious, will Saliza have his own mic installed on the front porch, or will we just hear him screaming through the closed, and I assume shuttered windows? From Mike Roseberry in State College, Pennsylvania. I mean, listen, we're talking about toast, not a muffin, not a scone, not a Pop-Tart. We're talking about toast. If I had to guess, Iverson is a brown sugar cinnamon man, the Cadillac of mass-produced breakfast pastries. For $300, the Revol Revolution Toaster better have a Pop-Tart setting. It does. Yes. It does have a Pop-Tart setting. From Emmett Logan. If this podcast gig does not work out, 
you may have a career as a marketing wizard. My wife, Mary, went at the London School of Economics, home of Mick Jagger, by the way, was the director of their high-end EMBA program. While in Paris, she had the chairman of the Louis Vuitton in to speak to the class on marketing. Straight from Kornheiser Playbook, this is what he said. You can ask, how can one spend $1,500 on a handbag? This is not a handbag. It is a statement to all who see it on your arm that you are someone who matters. You have taste and class. You will have this for at least three years, a thousand days. So for $1.50, half the price of a latte, you establish your personal brand. How can you not buy one? P.S. Mary used the code and bought an X chair. Can't wait for Michael to come and put it together. So we're selling X chairs. <laughs> moving product. All right. Yeah. yeah. We got to move refrigerators <laughs> and color TVs. From Kyle Tomany in Canton, Georgia. I had the fortune to catch up with your podcast this morning after a busy week of dealing with the passing of my father, Tim Tomany. He was a great man and an even better father. He was a real rock star in the world of aircraft structures engineers, and especially so at UPS. Your Friday episode, now that's good toast, reminded me of my dad's preference for toast, which he and I debated over many years. He would take the toast and mash it under the weight of the butter knife while spreading the butter so the piece of toast became a mere vessel for the delivery of butter to your system. He never changed his method, and I'll likely adopt his method going forward as the memories of him and his toast will be better than the actual piece of toast. Thanks for the joy of remembering such a simple and silly thing about my father, which will always be with me. From Jeremiah Dixon to the gentleman in Geneva, New York, who led off the mailbag last Monday. As a fellow Jeremiah, I share in my hatred of that cursed Three Dog Night song. I wonder what else we have in common. Do you like soup? What about snow peas? We'll do one more. From Yasmin in Agora Hills, California, by way of Mount Vernon, New York. First time, long time. I had to write you when recently a very good friend of mine, who was also a fellow little, that we'll call Tito for email purposes, drove from his home in Pennsylvania to visit family and friends in California, and lucky me, my family is on the visit list. As I looked out my living room window on a recent sunny SoCal Saturday in anticipation for his arrival, since his last visit was January 2020, thanks COVID, not, you can imagine my shock, my surprise, as a light Blue Subaru approached my house and slowed down. Naturally, I assume the person is lost because no one I know drives a Subaru. When it comes to a complete stop, I watch in horror as my friend emerges from the car. I instantly fall out laughing and kept saying, really, really, in between laughs. I said to him, how dare you get that car knowing how Mr. Tony feels about Subarus? We laughed for a good two minutes before I told him to go back to that cart and drive away and driveway and return when he doesn't own it anymore. Friendship is on pause until he gets a new car. All for you, Mr. Tony. All for you. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Let him put that in his paper if he has need of news.
You're happy. I've never seen you this happy. Because you have that effect on me. It's like you set me free. I don't feel the weight of the world when I'm with you. I can finally breathe. Of giving. 